Welcome to Signature Dish. I am Francesca Orsini. I am Hilary Boone. And today, our guest is... Hi, my name is Manu. I'm from France, but I currently live in Montreal. So, Manu, how did you get here? So, I met Hillary back in 2009 in Ecuador, where we were volunteering <laughs> in a farm together. The best thing about that farm was uh, meeting you, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The worst part about the farm, actually, was the shared meals and the burnt quinoa. There were some bad things happening in that kitchen, mm -hmm. but... There was good energy, and everybody was always saying, Oh, thank you so much for cooking! Because it was a community. It was a classic example of, like, bad communication in that, like, because everyone thought that their burnt quinoa was delicious, no one was ever able to make a change. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hungry when I was there, the whole time I was there. Which is why we had to get off of the farm and go elsewhere. My favorite food in Ecuador was salchi papas which was french fries with cut-up hot dogs in it. That was good. That was very good. What was your favorite thing? My favorite thing in Ecuador? Yeah, street meat in general was widely available <laughs> and good. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. What's the street food like in Canada? Uh, so street food has only been back for a couple of years. It was like entirely banned for I don't know what reason. So food trucks are now back, but they're like fancy food trucks, mm -hmm. like hipster kind of shit. Is there anything like that in France? We're not huge on street food. It happens at fairs. You can find like candy and like cotton candy and stuff. Not we're not big on street food. It's just like think too about low it. brow. Maybe something like that. There's <laughs> the, no, but it's it's a very interesting question. It brings to the fact that food in in France is not regarded as it is in North America. It's not how to say that. It's not as trivial. It's it's still something that people consider highly. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Like it's like a family meal or like we come together to eat. Not there, like microwave this shit. There is part of that. And there's also, you won't see people for, for, uh, um, in meetings or in classrooms. Nobody eats. Not even snacks. That is not something allowed in society. That like makes eating. me think more even than the red wine. Like that points to health. Like not eating all day. Yeah, well, that could be part of it. <laughs> no yeah, when they that. talk about the French diet, you think of, of wine and bread and butter and cheese. Mm -hmm. But if you're only eating that at one of three meals in a day, it seems like, of course, you're healthy. You're only eating three times a day. <laughs> Tell me about growing up. What was school lunchroom like in France? We call that cantine. So what happens is most kids eat at school and the school provides meals in exchange for like a small amount of money. It's not that expensive. Um, but what happens is we all eat the same thing and we all sit at big tables and people go around and serve you. Well, that that was going on at my time. It's different now. Now it's more like self-service mm -hmm. type of thing. But yeah, in my days, we would sit, you would sit eight kids around a table and then there would be like Madame Cantine that old lady <laughs> <laughs> was her name Lady Lunch was something like what that there was Lady Lunch number one Lady Lunch number two <laughs> Madame Cantine Madame Cantine <laughs> so these uh, old usually grumpy ladies like pass around and like 
serve you food and you could ask if you wanted a full portion or a half portion but then whatever was served to you you had to eat the whole thing there was no space for leaving food behind leftovers were not a thing well how could they make you eat it yes yeah pretty much well we were very well behaved on average that was a small school in a small town like you know country kids were all the lunch ladies mean no that's not true it was not an easy job one of them was actually quite nice except for <laughs> except for the bread so no leftovers that implies no leftover bread either so whenever you started a piece of bread you had to either finish it or if nobody claimed it at the end of the meal if it was left in the middle of the table she would grab it with her <laughs> dirty wet hands <laughs> covered in dish Soap and dishes and... It's mm -hmm. something like that. It's something like that. Something disgusting like that. And uh, she would um, split it into as many pieces as there were kids around the table. And like we would each have to chew on that <laughs> disgusting, soggy piece of bread <laughs> until the bread was gone from the table. What kind of food were they serving? That was the big perk. We had someone who was cooking in the school. Mm -hmm. It was like prepared on the spot fresh every day. It was not fantastic food, but it was good enough. It was decent. Something I liked a lot. Uh, she used to make hard-boiled eggs. <laughs> hard-boiled eggs with rice and a creamy sauce that was like bechamel of sorts. All of that together and like put cheese on top of it and in the oven. And that was that was actually quite good. Were the eggs they were hard boiled and whole or hard boiled and mashed? Whole. Whole hard boiled eggs. Yes. In I'm gonna picture like a casserole dish. Yes. With rice, yes. bechamel, mm -hmm. cheese. Yes. Yes. Baked. Baked. That sounds very fancy compared really? to what we were eating. <laughs> All right. Yeah, All right. yeah. That, that's basic when you think about it. It's like it is in terms of ingredients that go in it. No, that's fair. You know, there's like um, a culinary revolution happening in the U.S. in certain schools with how they feed kids. But uh, when in the 90s when I was in school, it was literally arriving in trucks in boxes and in cans and being assembled and microwaved. So there was not a lot of room for creativity. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, you know, like macaroni and cheese or like gross burgers yeah, frozen, you know, everything was frozen, and it came in just the largest quantities possible. I can see and smell, I can't taste because there was very little flavor, but I can see <laughs> and I can smell like the chicken and vegetable wild rice soup that just came in a can that was the size of our refrigerator. I mean, it was massive. <laughs> That yeah. sounds disgusting. And just dumped into a huge stock pot and then ladled and served. And the mashed potatoes were instant, mm -hmm. you know, dehydrated so mashed gross. potatoes and, you know, a vat of gravy. And yeah, it's not good. So there was a distinction between the kids who got hot lunch and the kids who could bring their own lunch. Could you guys bring your own lunch? No, no, there is not an option. It's either you eat what school serves you in school or you go home and eat, and eat lunch at home. Oh, and your mom wasn't having that? No. 
Of course not. <laughs> As you may expect. Being one of seven, no. Yeah. She was happy to not have us over for lunch. So the good thing is I was old enough to escape all that you were talking about, like food arriving in cans and such. I know that it had become way worse over time. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a big change now because people are talking about like fresh produce cooked on site and like less meat and more local food and more even organic meals sometimes. So mm -hmm. there's a big change going on. But there's been a couple of years where it was bad, 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 bad. I escaped those. <laughs> I'm bad. I escaped. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oofscaped. <laughs> so seven kids is a lot. Yeah. What kind of stuff would you guys eat? What were meals like at your home? Meals were uh, kind of an ordeal because uh, it's a lot of people to coordinate. And even though we were very well behaved, it was still... Uh, I mean, um, I can't seem to remember what we were eating. I just remember that I was sitting next to my eldest brother and whenever there was something he didn't like, he would dump that onto my plate. And whenever there was something he really liked, he would steal it from my plate. <laughs> so... Uh, it was mostly s simple things. A lot of pasta. Mm -hmm. Did she have you help? Nope. Uh, nope, no, no, not at all. Kitchen was her kingdom. Um, anything else in the house, she was happy to dump on us. <laughs> like doing the dishes, cleaning the kitchen, um, helping with the laundry, cleaning the house. All of that we would help a lot. But cooking was her thing. It was the... The only gratifying thing she had as a stay-at-home mom. So she kept it to herself, which makes sense. I can understand that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know how your mom learned to cook? I know that uh, her mom treated her the same way my mom treated me in terms of cooking. Yeah. She's like, it was not happening. She was not learning with her mom. What happened is when she got married, she got this uh, <laughs> recipe book, that cookbook, And she was just following recipes. And the recipes were for four people. So my dad put on a lot of weight. <laughs> in the beginning, the first years of their marriage. <laughs> uh, and then she learned slowly from practicing a lot. Like, I imagine in a small town in France, you don't go to, like, the supermarket, like, just the huge grocery store like we have here, or was it like that? It was like that. It is like that. It's not as big as it can be here. <laughs> Smaller supermarket, but not, like, farmer's market. The real question, then, is why couldn't I find a grocery store in France? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me play to that with another question. Were you in Paris? Yes. Okay, that explains everything. <laughs> They don't live like the rest of the country. <laughs> you don't find supermarkets in city centers. You have to go to the place that sells fruit and to get your cheese elsewhere. And then your fish or meat elsewhere. You have to go like five stores to find it all. Where do you get a toothbrush? That's an interesting question. That's Pharmacy? Pharmacy? <laughs> <laughs> You're taking notes. You're planning a trip back to Paris. You just wanted to do it better this time. No. No. And then... How did you learn to cook? How did I learn to cook? I was sort of scared of cooking for the longest time. And then what happened is one summer during my early 20s, I um, I was the help. I was the cook. I was helping the chef. It was at a summer camp. 
So you don't expect a chef to work at a summer camp, but he was a friend of the guy who was running the thing. So he was just there for three weeks during the summer. It was like his nice, nice thing to do because it was in the mountains and he liked that. So I was in the kitchen with him for three weeks and we were cooking fantastic things like pulling things out of thin air, basically <laughs> making wonders. Um, this guy, Jean-Baptiste Pilou, for the record, um, he now lives in Buenos Aires and he runs one of the fanciest restaurants in the in town um, called Fleur de Sel. He's a, he's a, he's a chef, like really good with what he does. Was he a good teacher? He was. He was like putting me in charge of things and then um, thanking me for my good work and then encouraging me a lot and... Yeah, it was very rewarding and I learned a lot. And what I learned was more in terms of organizing the kitchen. And um, I stopped being afraid of being in a kitchen, basically. So uh, can have you ever served someone? Like, what's the worst thing that you've either cooked for yourself or served for someone else? <laughs> so I knew that question was coming. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's an important question. So, yeah. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Um, so, during these years at university where I was <laughs> not going to class very often, instead staying home and smoking pot, <laughs> there have been a couple of mishaps in the kitchen. <laughs> the worst being... One day, I um, thawed a couple of um, cordon bleu. Uh-huh. Okay, so... Cordon bleu? <laughs> cordon bleu, really? Yeah. Like really. Meat, breaded, breaded meat breaded with meat cheese. stuffed with something. So, cheese, yeah. yeah. Cordon we're talking, bleu. We're talking about the same thing. Right, yes. <laughs> so I'm bastardizing the pronunciation, <laughs> like the rest of America. <laughs> cordon bleu. Cordon bleu. Blue. Blue. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Cordon blue. <laughs> so I had thought that ahead of time. And then when came time to cook them, I was starving. We were starving, me and my boyfriend at the time. So I threw that in the pan. And then as soon as the breading started being colored enough, I figured, hey, it's cooked. <laughs> Dump that on the plate. <laughs> And then he started eating and cut a first piece, put it into his mouth, started chewing. And of course, the meat inside was still raw, <laughs> making it absolutely disgusting. He almost threw up in his plate. <laughs> he had to leave the table in a hurry to make it his way to the bathroom. Ew. What was the worst thing that has ever been served to you? Uh, the worst thing... Oh, 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 oh. So, back to school. <laughs> back to La Cantine. Um, the Monday after the big school um, festivities that happened usually at the end of May, they served us the leftovers from the meal that <laughs> had been served on the Saturday evening. And as soon as we stepped into the the... the canteen space the room we could smell that there was something not <laughs> not going that, that there was something wrong with the meal we were going to be served <laughs> it smelled bad it smelled really bad and then they started serving us and 
the meat smelled like death, basically. <laughs> There's no other way to put this. It smelled horrible and it tasted just as bad. So we were all chewing on that, knowing that we had to finish the plate because that was the rule. <laughs> we were like, this is horrible. We were like looking at each other and the meat had not been um, um, stored properly or something. It was Was it bad. rancid? Like it was actually rotten? It was, you couldn't see it, but you could smell and taste it for sure. <laughs> and we could not eat it. And nobody was forcing, that's a good point. Nobody was forcing himself to eat it. And at some point, the canteen lady called it and they said, okay, no, that meat is not good. Leave it aside. <laughs> like, yeah, finally. It <laughs> seems like maybe too late at that point. It does seem a little late in the game to make that call. What kind of meat was it? Can't remember. Maybe beef. Did anyone get sick? I don't think so. I don't remember that. What's your favorite thing to cook? My favorite thing to cook? I love roasting chicken. <laughs> As you may have noticed. I love roasting chicken. It's delicious. I don't get to do it that often because it's a lot of meat for one person. So I save it for special occasions. And I love doing that with a lot of garlic. Like a lot of garlic. Just throw that in the dish and it'll cook in the chicken fat. Mm. And it's delicious. It's quite good. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite things to make. Mm -hmm. I also like making gratin dauphinois. Mm -hmm. Do you want to pronounce that in an American way? Gratin dauphinois? Gratin dauphinois. Do you know what that is? So no. it's the Oh, okay. I, I'm a little surprised that you don't, Francesca. Gratin dauphinois. Sounds like right up your alley. Gratin dauphinois. Dauphinois? Dauphinois. Dauphinois. It means it comes from Dauphiné, which is a um, region in France, um. southeast. Uh, so you take a um, Pyrex dish, you slather it with butter, you crunch some garlic on the bottom of it, then you slice potatoes, you make layers of potatoes, you uh, dump um, as much uh, milk as you need to cover them, and you put that in the, into the oven. And you let it cook for it cooks. Uh, it takes a good hour to cook until the potatoes are cooked through. And that is delicious. Easy to make. Takes a long time to cook, but easy to make. Yeah, that, uh, I would just call that gratin. Okay. We so that's how you say it. Dauphinois. <laughs> Dauphinois. Dauphinois. Yeah. We call it scalloped potatoes. <laughs> there you go. It seemed simple it's, enough so that you would have the same It's so dish. good. Yeah, and gratin, the, it's much thinner slices. The yeah, are. yeah, yeah. You need you need thin thin slices. Thin. They're like yeah. mandolin. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us? Um, anything else I'd like to tell you? Not really. I have something I'd like to tell you. Mm -hmm. We don't allow Kinder eggs from your country in our country. Why? 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 Because it's dangerous for kids. Yeah, apparently <laughs> they think that kids will just eat the plastic because in America, if it comes in candy, it's edible. Thanks for listening to Signature Dish Podcast. Yep, thanks. <laughs> Hear all of them at www.signaturedishpodcast.blogspot.com.